Good day to all our listeners. I am JV from the Lighthouse Arabia with you today to cast light on yet another significant wellness topic. To quote Leonard Cohen, there's a crack, a crack in everything. That is how the light comes in. I'm JV from the Lighthouse Arabia, uh, again here with you today. Um, and with me, I have Christine Kritzas, who's one of my colleagues here at the Lighthouse, and also the creator of the Smart Hearts uh, board game. And that is going to be the topic of our discussion today. So welcome, Christine, to this discussion. Hi, JV. Thank you. Nice to be on. It's lovely to have you with me. Christine, I want to start by asking you a first question. What was your favorite game as a child? I had a few, but I enjoyed playing Boggle, um, the word game. I thoroughly enjoyed Pictionary. And Boulder Dash was one of my favorites too. So board games has been your thing, it sounds like it. I grew up, you know, with with board games and, you know, our family time was spent playing Trivial Pursuit or Cluedo or Monopoly. So it's something that, you know, I um, have very fond memories of when I think back to childhood. Lovely. I must be honest that I was more of an outdoors kid playing uh, imaginary uh, games like... uh, pretending I'm a soldier, my best friend and I, um, we used to camp outside for the whole weekend. Um, sitting down playing a board game was a bit, uh, um, what's the word? Not boring, but restrictive for me as I like to move around and, and be busy. But play is, is such an essential part of being human um, that from a very early age we develop and we learn in life through play. Um, and in several different ways, be it organized, structured play or free play, um, that is how we learn to navigate life. And it's interesting that you took that modality and developed something like Smart Hearts. So if you maybe give us an overview of what is the Smart Hearts game about? So uh, let let me take you back to where the idea stemmed from. It was through through working with children in private practice. And I was doing a lot of play therapy with children at the time. And I felt like there, there could be another way for me to be connecting with a child. And so... You know, the idea stemmed from there to to create a game that incorporated, um, you know, feelings as well as getting children to tell stories, getting children to project various things that are happening in their life into a story, um, but still keeping it playful, non-threatening, a way to engage with children that brings about meaningful conversations. And so it was through my work with children in the playroom that this idea came to light. And, you know, I then um, went on and approached one of my uh, senior colleagues and I shared the idea with her. And uh, together we went on to develop a smart art board game, which aims at facilitating emotional expression in kids 
Um, it, it, it gives children a uh, feelings vocabulary. It broadens their, 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 their emotional vocabulary. And it's a um, playful way for children to speak about serious issues. And for the child, it seems like they are just playing a game and they're having fun and they're collecting as many tokens as possible. But for the adult, it's, it's a window into, into that child's world where you get to see what is going on when they're on play dates or in the classroom, when they are, um, you know, uh, at home with, with, with their family. Um, you also get to... Um, uh, basically connect with a child in in a way that allows for you to maximize your hour with them. So this is about way more than just the child. Um, it sounds like it is creating a bridge between the child and the parent or the adult who is engaging with the child. And I remember in one of our previous conversations, you mentioned how it improves or facilitates the, the um, enlargement of a child's emotional vocabulary, as children don't necessarily have words to express what they're feeling. In what way does the Smart Hearts game facilitate that? So what we know is that emotional expression is a skill which needs to be taught to kids. Um, we, we see that, you know, children as well as some adults struggle with the skill of, you know, expressing their feelings appropriately. And research has shown that individuals know um, uh, a majority of three, three emotions, happy, sad, and angry. So most, most, most uh, uh, individuals only know these three emotions and their emotional vocabulary is quite limited. And studies have shown that children who have a wider range of emotional granularity are less reactive, are better equipped um, to deal with difficult feelings as they arise. And, you know, what is emotional granularity? Emotional granularity is one's ability to accurately label the feeling that you're feeling at a specific time. And so being able to differentiate between feeling frustrated versus feeling irritated or feeling... Um, infuriated versus feeling annoyed. So being able to differentiate between these different um, emotions is going to help you with dealing with situations differently. Now, the board game has a deck of cards called I Feel When deck. And in this I Feel When deck, which promotes I language, it gets children to take ownership for the feeling that they're feeling. To be able to say, I feel excited when I know it's the weekend or I feel stressed when I have a test coming up. So um, the way, the way this, this helps is that there are 50 different feelings in a, in a deck and the kid is being um, exposed to these different emotions and the adult who's playing with a child can also model appropriate emotional expression and teach the kid that this is what frustrated looks like this is what irritated looks like. This and, and this is the difference between the two. Being able to express what one is feeling is one level of emotional intelligence. Being able to express what a person is feeling and why they feel that way is taking emotional intelligence up a notch.
So the game most definitely helps with broadening the emotional vocabulary and increasing that emotional granularity of which I've just spoken of. Just as I'm listening, it almost sounds like you have created a playful way of facilitating attunement for parents, for children to experience they are being um, heard and seen to enhance that attachment, that early attachment to be safe and understood, um, experience owning what I'm feeling, being able to identify what it is, because so many of, of our adult clients still struggle with that. Um, mm. Experience a form of discomfort or of uh, over, an overwhelming emotion, but can't pinpoint it. And that makes it very difficult to manage it or to be with it or to communicate it if I don't know what it is. Um, and the, the identifying of I language or the, the, the learning of I language. It sounds like at a very early age, this game equips children for what we are trying in therapy with adults to establish, to own it, but to not see it as who I am. That not I am angry or I am sad, but to identify it then already as a, an emotion. I feel sad. I feel angry. And then to be able to identify what causes it. That it's not this, um, just this abstract thing that I don't know what to do with it. I can identify this is what I feel and I can communicate in what typical or, or specific situation it happens. And that allows the parent then to understand the, the, the child. Like I say, it, it's a two-way inter, interaction. There's an engagement and there's a, a, a component of true connection and true encounter between parent and child. And as you mentioned, the, the three basic emotions that people tend to identify, I was thinking hungry, angry, and tired. Um, and that's very often the struggle for engaging with a child due to that limited vocabulary. Um, the mirroring or the modeling of, of the parent. What is the value of that? Of the parent modeling the appropriate way of, of expressing that particular emotion that the child identified? I think... Children don't do as you say. Children do as you do. And I think if you just keep that um, at the center of uh, how we relate to children in general, it will go a very long way. And so for a child to see someone who, it, who they are attached to, modeling emotional expression in a specific way, that's the way the child is going to learn how to model those emotions themselves. And, you know, we have now gone on to, to develop version 2.0 of Smart Heart. And, I, um, and, 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 and we have Dr. Salia Afridi, 
who is uh, our managing director at the Lighthouse, as well as a clinical psychologist, um, coming on board um, version 2.0. And together we are, um, we are, we have made several, um, uh, you know, improvements to the game. We have actually included another component in the game, which is curious conversations. It's a little booklet that we are including for parents to, to help them with knowing how to deepen a conversation with a child, how to, as you said, that attunement of which you spoke of, how can we become even more tuned to what it is that our children are experiencing? How can we be active listeners? How can we validate what a child is saying to us? So in, you know, in the game now, there will be um, validating statements versus dismissive statements. There will be, um, you know, different cues and prompts to take a conversation further. What are some questions you can ask that are going to allow for the child to continue speaking? Um, so it, the game asks questions in such a way that help facilitate that parent-child relationship, help facilitate with um, the parent knowing, you know, how to ask certain questions so that the child doesn't shut down. Yes, that is amazing because that usually is the challenge in parenting is how to approach a child that you get away in. Um, because my own experience is that there are so many questions that just lead to a dead end that makes the child shut off or give you a can't remember. Yes, no answer. And it's, well, as a psychologist, I can only imagine people not trained in psychology uh, who are not therapists, um, the struggle of parents to know what, what are the right questions, how to approach my child in a way that is engaging and that gets me into a better understanding of my child and their own inner world. So I think it's, it's of such uh, value to be equipping parents in a way of open and, and curious engagement with my child. And then also a, a way of assisting the child to express then um, what it is that is happening in their own inner world. As you're talking, um, I was thinking of, uh, I never know how to pronounce the surname, but Golinkov and Hish Pasek, they work on learning and play. And they identified the six C's for optimal um, development through play. And, and it's collaboration. It is content communication, um, critical thinking, creative innovation, and then confidence. And what I hear is in smart, heart, um, smart Hearts, it incorporates all six of those aspects. As it's not a one-way communication, it, it takes both the parent or the adult and the child to collaboratively play the game, um, to, to have to innovate ways of expression, um, the modeling, um, and, and then the content. The content is, is not 
superficial. It is real meaningful content. Did you use any specific paradigm or theoretical background in developing it? What, what guided you on which you based how you develop the game and how it works? Yes. Uh, so, so we went back to, you know, anchoring this game in principles of emotional intelligence. And so what you will find is that we incorporate the three pillars of emotional intelligence throughout the game, where we have, um, you know, the, the talk, talk questions, which are based on personal, social and moral development, um, and these questions are, are, are designed in such a way that on every card, there are three different questions. There are red questions, there are um, blue questions, and there are green questions. The red questions are self-awareness, okay? And so they are questions all about, you know, what, you know, what is your favorite time of day? Um, uh, you know, what would you want to become one day when you grow up? So all questions around trying to get to know the child and getting the child to know themselves as well. What gets you angry? What irritates you? Then the blue questions are around principles of self-regulation. Um, you know, what do you do when you feel angry? Um, and so, 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 so a range of questions around self-regulation, because we know with emotional intelligence, we have self-awareness, we have self-regulation, and then we have social awareness. And the, the green questions are scenarios, um, making children aware of, you know, others and how others would feel. Let's say your friend's dog runs away. How do you think your friend would feel? Or your friend is moving to another country with their family um, and your friend is sad. What could you do or say to make your friend feel better? So it gives parents an opportunity to, to discuss these scenarios with the child, to teach them about different values in that moment, about values of kindness and compassion. So there are a lot of learning moments that are, are coming out um, through playing the game. And so if we're looking at theoretical models, it's anchored in principles of emotional intelligence. And our slogan for the, for the game is developing emotionally intelligent kids. And so it's anchored in that, but it is also anchored in, uh, in Dr. Salia and my 27 years combined experience in, in private practice, where we where we've worked with children, where we know the issues that are um, common to children between the ages of four to 11. And so we've really honed in on that and um, looked at asking questions which are you know, relevant to that age group, that developmental stage, the issues that children will face at that specific time. And we have another deck of cards in, in the game called Pigtails. Now, pigtails are, are, are an opportunity for the child to tell a tale about the picture. So they get to tell a story about what they see in a picture. Now, there are 50 different pictures in the, in the game. And all of these pictures have been carefully 
so have been carefully thought out, carefully designed as a means of addressing certain developmental milestones, stages, issues that children face at this time. And so a kid is only going to tell you a story about something that they've seen, heard, or experienced themselves. And what I love about the pigtails, I don't know if you can see my face lighting up when I speak about them. <laughs> it's what happens when we talk about our own creations, our own, own uh, babies that we brought into, into existence. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So the pigtails to me are are one of the most exciting parts of playing the game because it reminds me of playing Lego. I remember as a kid playing Lego for hours on end with my parents or, or by myself. And what Lego allowed me to do was to engage in systematic creativity, which is allowing you to free build. You just have this, these blocks in front of you and you can design whatever it is that you want. And so um, with pigtails, there's an element of systematic creativity there too. The child gets to tell any story they want to tell. And I actually had a five-year-old kid about four years back in a play therapy session. We were busy playing Smart Heart. And he looked at me and he said, I don't like Smart Heart. And I said to him, okay. Um, and, you know, I mean, obviously, like you say, it's your own creation. So I had to just, you know, take, take the feedback and go, okay, I, I understand. And he looked at me and said, I don't like smart art, but I love pigtails. He said, can we just play pigtails? And what he did was he, um, he took the, the deck of cards and he put them face down on the table like you would in a memory game. Yes. And, and he said, you choose three pictures and I'm going to choose three pictures. I said, okay. Now I was just following his lead and that's what you do in non-directive play therapy anyway. So yeah. I'm following his lead. I'm picking up three cards. He picks up three cards. He says to me, now you need to tell a story linking these three different pictures, which I thought was really creative of, you know, of him to come up with this variation of the game, which I now use in sessions with children. So he gave me another variation to the game. And so you don't have to use the whole game mm. in its entirety. You can use, um, you know, you can use the pigtails or you can use the I feel when cards. I sometimes use the I feel when cards with adults in sessions when they're struggling to, you know, pick out the feelings they felt this week. So you can use different things in the game at different stages. But the, the, the pigtails, um, I, I think, allow for that systematic creativity, allow for children to tell you stories. Um, and there's no right or wrong response here. Mm -hmm. I am amazed by the versatility. Um, as you haven't played the game with me yet, so I, I won't know. Um, how you do it, but the versatility. Is that a sore point? Is that a sore point? We yeah. can play. Yeah, please. We have to. We have to book a play date. Um, but the versatility of it is is just amazing. Um, from very structured, guided um, interaction and play to a measure of free and creative and open play. 
which makes the game suitable, if I just think about it now, to almost any child from the age of four, well, until a, a child of 80, 90. Um, as we can all benefit from it, we all have a need for attunement. We all struggle with certain emotions to express it. Um, and just if you're not the child being the parent, having to be mindful of how to model this, how to not react, but follow the lead of my child. I think it's such a, a, a valuable and a powerful tool that you've created there. Are there specific um, criteria which eliminates or is indicated for adults or parents to not use the game? Because it sounds to me like almost anyone can use it. Are there situations in, in which it's not indicated to use the game? So here's the thing, you know, we and we carefully thought about this before we actually uh, went on to, to manufacture the game. You know, we thought about are our parents all um, equally skilled to deal mm. with disclosures that children will make whilst playing the game. But our counter argument for that was that children will share things with you, whether it's through a board game or whether it's through taking a long drive um, back home from school, mm. a child is still going to share with you. So it is a parent's, you know, responsibility to, to upskill and to learn how to be more validating and more acknowledging of a child's experience and a child's feelings. And so, you know, while, while we can't say, you know, certain parents can or can't use the game, what we do make very clear about this game is that smart heart does not replace therapy. And smart heart does not replace um, the role of a professional when it comes to dealing with um, issues that a child is facing. And, you know, a disclaimer in our game, you know, in our rules leaflet, is that if a parent, you know, is concerned about something that a child has disclosed, please consult with a professional immediately. So, you know, just to make sure that, um, you know, the parent doesn't feel that, you know, that this is something they need to go at alone, um, they shouldn't feel that way because they are the parent, they are not a therapist. But we are trying um, our utmost to get parents um, to, to learn skills of, of communication, not only with their children, this can be with your partner. This can be, you know, in just learning how to be with others. And something that I want to highlight, JV, is that, and it's not only with smart art board games, it's with board games in general, that it's a time that really fuels connection between a parent and a child. Because while you're playing a board game, the only thing you have between you is this game. And so you're doing something in synchronicity. You know, there's, there's something that you're doing in sync, which itself fuels that connection because I'm modeling something that you're doing, um, which really helps with that attunement. Your phone is, is put to the side. And I often say to parents, 
create a pact with your child. And I came up with the PACT acronym a few years back, and I'll share it with you. P stands for playful. And if you want to be able to, you know, engage with your child and get the most out of, um, you know, quality time with them, you yourself need to tap into your inner child and you yourself need to get playful. So it's about letting your hair down, getting down to the child's level, physically getting down to the child's level. And that's what board games allow for. Mm. You're all down on the ground playing this game together, right? So it will allow you to tap into your inner child and kids connect best with you when you are free, when you are you know, in the moment with them and you're not thinking about tomorrow or tonight's meal or what happened yesterday with your husband or, you know, so, or your wife. So, so it's really, it's being playful, which is the first um, part of this PACT acronym. And then it's being available. Mm. And what I mean by available is that, you know, majority of parents, you know, researchers show make negative eye contact with their children. They don't always make positive eye contact. It's often look me in the eyes, go take a bath. It's not look me in the eyes. I want to tell you how much I love you. And I so almost went to take a bath. <laughs> <laughs> That's how negative that type of eye contact is. <laughs> I went, my inner child wanted to take a bath now. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. So, 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 so what I mean is, you know, make yourself available in that moment, put the phone away, um, toes and nose to the child. And what I mean by toes and nose to the child is that you really move with the child. If the child is down on the ground, you get down on the ground. If the child is sitting to the side, you turn your body to face the child because that shows them that you're actively listening and I'm available to you right now and there's nothing more important than what I'm doing with you right now. Um, and you track and reflect. And this is what we taught when we are doing non-directive play therapy with yes. children. If you track and reflect, you know, what they're doing in the playroom. And it's sometimes children may think it's a bit weird that you are reflecting on the things that I'm doing. But after some time, the child realizes that your eyes and ears are only on me right now. Mm. You're only... You know, you're only concerned about what's happening with me right now. Yeah. And so it's really quality time with the child. And then the C of PACT is to stand in a position of curiosity rather than to stand in a position of judgment and knowing. So to be curious with your child and to ask curious questions that deepen that connection. And so um, when, when a child says to you they're feeling worried, don't assume you know why it is that they feel worried. Be curious with them and say, I can see that you're feeling worried right now. What might be making you feel this way? Whereas judgment and knowing will be, you see, I told you, I know why you're worried because you didn't study for your test. Well done. Mm. Now let's see what's going to happen. And and the child then shuts down and doesn't continue speaking about what's, what's bothering them. So you also want to use the child's language. You know, if the child says, I'm feeling weird about going to play at Jake's house, what might be making you feel weird about going to play at Jake's house? Use their language, 
because research has shown that if we use two to three words that a person has just communicated in a sentence, they feel very heard. So you want to use the child's language. And later, you can go back to the child and say, you know, earlier you said you felt weird about going to Jake's house. You had butterflies in your tummy. I want to share with you another word for feeling weird. And that could be feeling worried, or it could be feeling nervous, or it could be feeling anxious. You know, so you start broadening the child's yes. emotional vocabulary, the granularity kicks in there. And then the T of PAP is timing. You know, choose your time well when it comes to when you're going to connect with a child. Knowing that, you know, when a child is coming home from school, that's probably the worst time to want to connect with them and to ask them how their day was because they're either tired or hungry or like you said, angry, right? Yeah. So, yeah. And, and, and that's not the time that they want to be sharing with you what has gone on in their day. So it would be about um, finding a time that works well for you and your child that you're not rushed. And I often say to parents, look at carving out 10 to 15 minutes a day of quality time with a child and many parents will say but that's very little time and then i want to share with them that you know um it might seem like little but a little goes a long way when you are fully engaged with your child in that time and so ditch the phone for those 15 minutes label the time say this is mommy and jake time or this is girls time and for the next 15 minutes, we get to do whatever it is that you'd like us to do, obviously within reasonable limits. Um, but if the child wants to play horsey, horsey and ride on your back, then you get down on all fours and you're the horse, right? Yeah. Or yeah. the child wants to color in with you, then you're coloring in with the child. This, these 15 minutes are not um, educational uh, uh, lecture, lecturing time. These 15 minutes are play time with a, with a kid. So, you, you know, love to a child is spelled T-I-M-E. Yeah. A child's yeah. not going to remember the bicycle you bought them when they were six years old, but they will remember the time you spent teaching them how to ride that bicycle. It's the, those 15 minutes are not educational. They are relational. I love that. Because yeah. just as I'm listening to you, I'm hearing myself in my couples therapy sessions. Because in, in, in our adult relationships, we relate to our partners based on that blueprint that we formed in those times of, of well, very early attachment and, and that early, early developmental stages. And you are addressing all the things that in couples therapy, we need to revisit and reestablish. And it's interesting that one of the things that I um, recommend to couples is stop trying to solve the issue, start playing board games outside of our sessions. We'll work with the stuff in the session outside, play board games. Um, and it's just uncanny for me in this moment to, to realize that you, along with your colleagues in the early development and now with Dr. Saliha as well, is enhancing the power of a board game to create not just a therapeutic tool, but also a educational and developmental tool. 
to, as you say, not replace therapy, but address early development so that probably later on therapy might not be needed or that trauma within the relationship can be prevented um, due to it facilitating and equipping parents because we're not equipped. Who teaches us? We, we do what we have experienced and seen and our parents did what they've experienced and they've seen, but we go to university for three, four, five years to study and prepare for an occupation that we might not pursue. But what time do we invest in getting trained as parents? And here you have a box with a, a con condensation of so many tools and theory and practice and experience with so many different applications and versatility and dy dynamics that I feel every, every household can do with this. Um, and I might even refer my couples now to buy a smart arts board game <laughs> and start playing smart arts. <laughs> you know, we, we, we laugh, but I actually had a parent come to me um, a few years back, you know, she, and she was giving me feedback. She was one, she's one of my friends. And she said to me, Christine, I learned things about my husband that I didn't know. Because what the game does is, as the adult playing the game, you are encouraged to answer questions about your childhood, you know, going back. So, you know, what was your favorite subject at school? Or um, what do you enjoy doing in school holidays? And so these questions allow for... You know, parents to share with a kid about their upbringing and their childhood. Um, so, you know, it, it, it definitely gives um, the family a, um, a meaningful way to connect um, that is, is going to allow for that deepening of that conversation to take place. Definitely. I think you need to rethink the age group of the game to make it rather from four to 94 or four to 104. I love that. Um, as I just realized the, the power of, of what you have created there. Christine, where can people find or buy this smart arts board game? Where is it available? So it's, it's sold exclusively from the Lighthouse Arabia. And so for anybody who lives in the UAE, we, um, we also offer um, uh, shipping to wherever it is that you are in the UAE. And then for um, anybody living um, abroad, we then will ship your game to you. Um, and, you know, you can order directly through our Smart Art Board Game Instagram page, or you can go on to um, the Lighthouse Arabia and inquire there. And, you know, we take orders through info at lighthousearabia.com. So there are various channels through which you, you can place an order for the game. We also have a website, www.smartheartboardgame.com. And so, you know, you can go online there and, 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 and make an order for the game. Thanks, Christine. I think we have come to the end of our time together. Thank you for your time and for sharing all this experience and knowledge and for creating something um, that really has the potential
to create such lasting and healing change in families and in children and in parents. And to all our listeners, I would really recommend that you visit um, the Instagram page or make contact and really consider, especially in these times um, where we are all a bit overwhelmed emotionally, uncertainty, um, and this can facilitate family time in a, in a completely different way for families who have been um, locked down in one house, some in a room, some in a small apartment, to create some structure around how to engage with each other so that it can be a rectifying healing experience for everyone. So thank you for, for your work and for sharing this, this with us today, Christine. And please don't forget about that play date of, of ours. <laughs> You're most welcome, JV, and we're going to set that play date up play date up sooner rather than later. Definitely. Thank you. Have a lovely day and see you soon. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye.